Welcome to Artbox. I'm your host, Jason. In this episode, I talked to Mary Early about Artist Citizen. Artist Citizen was an exhibit at Hemphill Gallery that included several artists in the DC area that explored the concept of artist as a citizen in the community. We talk about this concept and how you might interpret what an artist citizen is. Mary Early is an artist and works at the Hemphill Gallery. So let's jump right into the interview. So let's start off right off the bat here. So could you tell people what is the artisan citizen? Sure, that's a very broad question. The reason you contacted me in the first place is because you came across the Instagram account for artist citizen, one word or two words strung together. That Instagram feed displays photographs of artists at work, workspaces, sometimes an artwork, sometimes a button. The buttons were the catalyst for creating the Instagram account and a companion Twitter feed for Artist Citizen. And that doesn't really answer the question, what is Artist Citizen? Artist Citizen for me is a catchphrase. It's something that anybody can use to describe somebody who is somehow contributing something to growing understanding or connection or positivity in the realm of art in society. Everybody has different beliefs, but a pretty commonly held belief is that an artist has a responsibility to depict what they see, whether that is literal or abstract really doesn't matter here in earlier eras of print technology, artists were the people who had the opportunity to depict scenes in addition to texts that could actually communicate more about what was going on in the world. I have a very abstract idea about how the term can be applied, and I don't want it to be pinned to any one philosophy. And usually if somebody says, oh, what's that, like that button that says artist citizen, what is that? You know, I say, this is it. You know, say the words and you figure out what you think it means. I think that You know, there's so many things we can sign up for (laughs) these days. You can sign up for an email list. You can become a member of an organization and can wear a t-shirt that says what you believe in. You can blog and Twitter and and everything. And um, what really matters is what you're actually doing. Um, In my experience, artists are doers. They're not necessarily with the words. So it's interesting to take something like this little inch and a half diameter button with two words on it and say that that represents some kind of movement. It doesn't represent a movement. It just sort of gives a spark to the idea of thinking about what art and art production and artistic practice mean for a community or society or something much broader. A lot of people operate in their own lives without really thinking about how art ART that they see in museums or galleries or public places, how that actually comes out of the labor of more than one person. Often they're collaboratives that make work. Often artists rely upon fabricators to make things for them, or they rely on other artists to give them advice. You know, this is not unlike other industries where collaboration is key, but artists tend to band together in some way or another, whether it's about the making of their work or the exhibiting of it, there is a sort of familial connection among artists and it's not always seen. So in my day job, 
with a commercial art gallery in Washington, D.C., I interact with all kinds of people. That includes artists, collectors, the FedEx guy, uh, the mail lady, the water delivery guy, uh, maybe maybe a collector every now and then, but a lot more of the water guy and the <laughs> mail lady and, and people like that. Yeah. And I rely on them just as much as I rely on artists and collectors who buy art to contribute to the business that we do to present art to the public. I think this is kind of a, a term that's sort of an equalizer. Like you can say it or put it into something you're writing and think about it however you want. Hmm. Um, if people want to wear this button and like travel around and other people see it, that's enough. Starting in 2013, uh, Hemphill Fine Arts produced 2,000 buttons, first to celebrate the launch of a show called Artist Citizen Washington. Yeah. And then we ran out of buttons, so we made more. Oh, so wow. in that first year, we distributed, I think, almost 2,000 buttons. Oh, geez. And it was really just, we wanted some swag for a show. And we'd never done a button before, and it seemed neat, and it was relatively inexpensive. So there you go. We ran out of buttons. <laughs> we got close to running out of buttons. Uh, I set aside a few for our permanent collection. And I think a few years went by, we were still giving away the original artist citizen button and the supply started to dwindle. And when the 2016 election cycle came around, things seemed pretty dire. And we thought we need to do something again, in addition to all the other things people do when someone crazy runs for office. Right. So we, we printed a new button, different colors. It was black on yellow and it was a like a hazard yellow. I picked the international emergency yellow for the button, hmm. you know, because color means something yes. and people do have a gut reaction to something that they see in a certain color. Um, so we gave away those emergency yellow buttons as people cried about the election. <laughs> and, uh, you know, year, year goes on, time passes. And we would sort of produce a new button whenever we were running out of the old one. Or if there were an exhibition opening that we wanted to time it with, we might pick a certain color for that artist. People love buttons. And you used to see a lot of political campaign buttons. The, yeah. the political campaign button was really a, a communication tool that I don't think it's as common as it once was. Candidate buttons were a real thing, even up through the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Big button, like a three-inch button with the candidate's face on it. Right, and some of them would have ribbons on the bottom, too. You're right. Oh, yeah. crazy. And, and it, it was to show you what this candidate was going to look like and how important yeah. they would be once they were in office. There is a novelty shop and printing company called Monarch Novelty at 14th and Rhode Island Northwest that's been in business for over half a century. Mm. Sort of barely in business anymore because yeah. their generations have petered out. But their big business through, well, I guess, through the late 80s, early 90s was printing campaign buttons. And as recently as a few years ago, you could go in there and find buttons for Bobby Kennedy's campaign. Wow. Um, it was wild. You know, that is wild. And, and I haven't been over there in a year or so. so I don't know how much what's left in their button supply. It's a sort of a time capsule of a, a sort of worn down part of Washington that uh, has had a lot of change around it. I mean, that's a lot. That's a real roundabout way of talking about what is artist citizen. I, I would emphatically say I do not want to tell people what to think. I just want to open the door for them to start thinking about the topics that pile up on this this set of words. I was going to say, that's fair. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I feel that 
you know, not every artist makes a political statement. As an artist, my work is not political. If you want to try and ferret out a political nature to my work, you're welcome to it and I'll gladly talk about it, but it's, it's going to be tight. How can you say any work of art is not political? That's, that's certainly a valid question. That is a valid question. Yeah. 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 And is the act of being an artist subversive because Mm. there is not a sort of food sustenance shelter need for art in your life? And that leads to the question, is art necessary? Well, yeah, of course. Art is creative thinking. And visual arts in practice is a sort of personal problem solving that can lead to more creative thought by other people. I've certainly had conversations with people who, after they see a certain artwork or they see an exhibition, they may be awed by the production of it. They may be awed by the sheer dazzling beauty of it. And it actually does affect them in a way that they look at their own activities with sort of new eyes. And not everyone is lucky enough to be in a creative experimental industry or field where they are able to start every day with a set of open possibilities. I think that's certainly something that is, you know, not unique to being an artist, but certainly there's an acceptance of not necessarily getting to the finish line hmm. with every everything, every painting, every artwork, every project. I always think of it as it. Uh, some people have, would talk about how a piece of art, it's not really done until the person views it. Or, uh, you know, there's some kind of shared experience that is being translated, you know, in a way, in transactional way as well. And because my definition of artist citizen basically was very narrow until I just asked that question, because you've got a point there. It's now making me think in, in more directions than I, than I anticipated, you know, because mm-hmm. visioning in my mind now is when I see art, I want to do a backslash citizen, you know, when I'm thinking in my mind, you know. That's how I'm interpreting it. You said it could be an artistry to everyday mundane things, like from delivering water to, you know, basically just getting a package uh, to basically just, you know, getting on Metro or or going for a walk, you know. And then uh, the citizen part is that is does kind of, in my mind, incur or encourage in my mind uh, uh, cooperation and, and togetherness and being with other people and civil. So that mm-hmm. you've actually given me a lot to think about now. So <laughs> with that being said, though, and you kind of touched on it a second ago, arts reflect good ideas and bad ideas in our society. How do you think uh, in today's terms is if it's still relevant or not? Yeah, absolutely. We need visual stimulation to survive. We need adequate signage to get out of the metro without hurting ourselves. We need things that will depict historical events or current events in a way different than a photograph or a piece of writing. Uh, Yeah, I think art is essential. Mm. Art is essential to critical thinking. Art is one tool. You know, journalism is another tool. Medicine is another tool. Art should be considered as being on par as a profession with those other professions. We sort of have a problem in the U.S. where artists are not recognized as professionals the way that people in other industries are. It's very different in Europe, and certainly it's very different in countries with, you know, that are third world countries or very poor economic or political situations. However, artistry has many forms, architecture, design concepts that may go back thousands of years that are 
perfected and passed on by tradespeople. If you think about how rudimentary dwellings are built in, in rural areas or in undeveloped countries, like that's art. And seeing it or finding it can happen in many ways. Like is a photojournalist who goes somewhere remote and photographs ancient practices still in use? Is that person an artist or a documentarian or a photojournalist? I don't know. They might, they can call themselves whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Just the, I think the desire to seek things out makes sense. Yeah, there's, there's always going to be a place for art. It can change forms though. I mean, in the last decade, Instagram has changed people's concept of art, maybe for the worse. Hmm. And I think that people pay less attention to photographic material now that they are constantly surrounded by it. So Hmm. what is going to be interesting visually to people in the future? I don't think it's going to be photographs because we're bombarded by photographs from waking up in the morning to going to sleep at night and then in the middle of the night, waking up to more glowing screen with information that's conveyed in text and images. So what is going to happen? Are people going to gravitate towards seeking out opportunities for art that engages their senses physically? You know, smell or touch, sight, like will a painting be more enticing and tactile than an interesting photograph? And what makes an interesting photograph? Um, Everyone's a photographer now. And we as consumers see a lot of very like tightly and highly engineered photographic images that are designed to make us to want certain things. I, you know, I think differently about photography as a tool now than I did as a young person or, or as a young artist. Right. To me, photography was a tool for documenting artwork. Yeah. Photography has always been a photojournalistic tool. Photography is an art form alongside painting and drawing and sculpture and, and other forms. But the younger side of the public thinks very differently about photography. Like photography is an extension of the brain. It's like a diary. Sometimes, you know, the number of photographs you might be able to produce in a couple hours or one day is staggering and might exceed the number of photographs that a typical American family, say in 1975, would have produced in a year. A roll of film had 24 or 36 negatives in it, had to consider, or 24 or 36 frames, I should say. And and you had to consider that. Do I want to spend this frame (laughs) on this picture? Yeah. Yeah. Is this occasion worthy? And we don't think that way. So we we just we just rip it off like boom, 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 a hundred photographs. Yeah. All of a sudden then there's this volume. What do you do with it? Are yeah. you really gonna index and archive all those photographs so you can find them later? I don't think so. Well, not I'm unless you have getting, I'm getting off the topic a little bit. No, that's so fine. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say rain me in. You make actually a very interesting point because it does go back to, you know, a citizen as an artist, another way of defining what you were talking about early, you know, not to define it, but a citizen can be an artist as well as an artist is a citizen. And given this day and age that we all have uh, cameras in our pockets, you know, the old expression from photographers is the best camera you have is the one in your pocket. Yeah. And, or the one with you, I mean. And the best camera is the one you have with you. Right. It's from uh, Henri Cartier-Bresson, I think. Thank you. for Yes. You know, and I'll speak for myself about that. You know, I have Lightroom and, you know, I have anywhere from 20,000 or so pictures a year because I take lots of pictures. 
And yeah. most of those pictures, you know, are indexed, but no, none of them will probably see the light of day. I yeah. don't lose sleep over that. You know, some of them are mundane things. Like, you know, I will confess, <clears throat> I do take pictures of my food sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, don't judge. But you know, judgment for me, no man. <laughs> <laughs> but it is another way of defining how that you brought up the fact that it is, a, you know, here's a citizen who is actually already participating in being an artist. You know, especially with, with everything going on now, you made a, a good valid point. Where do we go from here? Because how many videos and pictures that people see in a day? What is the average? I mean, I guess I can look it up on the internet, but um, I think. It's probably many thousands a day. Yeah, I would say at least 20. I mean, I'm going to make up a number. You know, I'm sure someone will email me and complain about that. But yeah, uh, they will. Yeah. (laughs) But it also depends on whether you're out in public. So if you're on public transportation, you're exposed to a lot of advertising. And if you're using, say, Gmail with the sidebar or something, or if you're using a homepage, you get all those ads, whether you notice them or not. If you're a Facebook user, you have a constant stream of ads running along the taskbar. But if you're using it on your mobile phone, I don't think you really see so many ads. So it's interesting. Well, yeah. And I wonder, you know, what is, are people going to get burned out of that? And I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think people can get burned out of pictures because like you said, it's just part of a function of existing as a human. So, you know, you can't, you can't just basically go, I'm tired of pictures and because you're always going to find them and see them or make them. We're biologically tuned to identify and recognize things. So in order to protect our young, we have to be able to identify threats and uh, identify the, the right food to eat and what's right. poison, what's not, and right. know what a snake looks like when it's coming at you. Yeah, yeah. If, if you didn't have any of that, we wouldn't be here talking about it. So we would now. Yeah, we that's, that's valid. We had fallen off a cliff a long time ago. Yeah, like you said, going back to 2016, after that election, um, you started finding in making new buttons that were uh, yellow. And I kind of sense that as being more of a positive role in these times of how uh, artist citizen can be used and played is in you as an art, a citizen uh, as an artist can, you know, participate and uh, being an artist or being a citizen or both in one and the same and participating. And, and I find it interesting that you chose the caution yellow for the buttons for 2016. Have you put out new editions of buttons to kind of represent the year ahead or the year past? Uh, so, yeah, sometimes the button color is connected to something. Sometimes it's not. So the 2016 button was like emergency yellow color. We went through those and the next button was, I think it was sort of eggshell blue. Hmm. So the blue wasn't tied to anything specific. It was just, you know, this is a nice color blue. It's spring. <laughs> we decided to use that blue color. Right. The next button after blue was pink with black letters. And I had help from a graphic designer to choose the color, but it's the same pink color that's used in the AIDS organization ACT UP for the mm-hmm. Silence Equals Death campaign. You might be familiar with that. It's an image logo. I don't know what year, but maybe 1989 or 92 or so. The ACT UP organization created an ad campaign basically called Silence Equals Death. And yeah. the symbol was a pink triangle on a black background, with right. the white silence equals death. So as a quiet nod to that movement, that political and social and health movement, I wanted to have this pink color. And most people don't know that. 
I mean, it's pink. There's, I see five things in the room right now that are the same color pink. <laughs> but it, it has meaning, at least to me or anybody I had a conversation with about it. And that's all that really matters. You know, there's a reason people like certain colors. They have a personal connection to it. And I, I felt like doing that was just a little homage to that movement, which was so, so important and still is. Other colors, sometimes we'd ask an artist to choose the color. And then the last button we printed was were red and black. And kind of like, again, like a little bold brash color, something that looks like something you want to take. And when I give these away, I usually give people a couple buttons and ask them to here, take two so that you have one for yourself and one for a friend and give one away. Right. Anybody who messages the Instagram account and asks for buttons is sent a little package in the mail with maybe three or five buttons in it. If art organizations around the country or elsewhere are interested in having buttons, I'll send them buttons. I've given buttons to people for their classroom. I've given buttons to people to hand out during protest events. There's a lot of possibility. I mean, the whole idea is that the this phrase travels and makes people just pause for a moment and think. That is enough. Just pausing and taking a breath and thinking about these words and turning it over and, and asking, what does this mean? That is the whole point. And it is as simple as that. Well, sometimes simplicity is the best way. So yeah, yeah. There's an expression called "keep it simple, stupid," which yes. the acronym would be KISS. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that complicated. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of something earlier at the beginning of our conversation. The interesting thing about artists is they can make stuff happen that other people can't. Fair enough. You know, to mobilize to do something, yeah. to go out and put up posters at night while nobody's looking, so they'll be there in the morning for some marchers who can do that and do it right and do it quickly who can get the design together and print something and like get it out in the right way knowing what paper to use what font to use what size you know what can we order that'll get here tomorrow instead of waiting till next week that's all artists who do that yeah. the printed word has a lot of power and the challenge now is to get people to focus on it long enough so hmm. the physical is really important. That's why street posters, the murals that are getting painted in every city in America now and all over the world, yeah. murals, whether temporary or permanent, all that is so important. And I don't think that attention span for consuming digital versions of those things, it's not the same because you move on to the next thing so quickly. But when you're standing in front of something, you know, your eyes rest on it, you pause, you, you automatically start to think. Yeah, you do. I know I do. And I do enjoy looking at stuff. It's like, uh, but I like to kind of go back to a place when it's just the the gallerist and me in the room and it's just kind of quiet and I'm able to look and, and think about what I'm seeing, why am I seeing it, you know, that kind of thing. What we were just both talking about, like all this visual uh, noise, sometimes it's it, how can you punch through that noise? And, you know, you kind of suggested is just keep it simple, you know, or, or kiss. And what you just said about like visiting a show when it's just you, that applies to what we are experiencing now and what we'll experience for many months, if not the coming year. Art spaces, art galleries, museums, all have to dramatically reduce attendance in order to maintain everybody's safety, not yeah. just visitors, but their staff, their housekeeping, right. just everything. So you are going to go places where you're the only person or where you and your 
your friend or your spouse who comes with you are the only people. And that means that people will have this very different type of uninterrupted, distraction-free viewing environment, which could be the best thing that ever happened. I mean, I know financially, it's not going to be the best thing that to happen to a lot of museums, right? but it, it could really change how people, how people think about looking at art. You know, what is the museum for? What is that? Is this a forum for, you know, a place you would actually spend time and look at one thing for 20 or 30 minutes? And, you know, as a person, what do you get out of that? Yeah, no, that's true. And it's it's an experience, you know, and I, and I enjoy that experience. And like you said, now people are going to enjoy that experience more or realize they never had, you know. So kind of feel bad for institutions and uh, businesses that, you know, can't have a lot more people in at once. But, you know, at least they're going to give them a solid experience one-on-one with the work. And you know, like you said, that might be a game changer for many years to come especially in this day and age when you have a lot of uh, digital online galleries and art fairs happening. So, you know, we'll see what goes from there. There was one point I just wanted to sort of put out there is I do feel that I do feel that artists have a responsibility to their communities, no matter how quiet or loud they are, no matter how involved they are. But there are a lot of ways artists work quietly in the background to make things happen. Like in my neighborhood, I'm the art person. So <laughs> if somebody needs help hanging pictures, they, they have me come over on a Saturday morning and it's really cute. And, and you know, that, that goes in every direction. And artists often fill the role as mentor to other artists or emerging artists or young people. Right. And that's really important too. We have so many nonprofit art organizations and the people they serve are typically working artists as well as the general public. And a lot of times there are working boards or committees behind those organizations of people who contribute a lot of valuable time. So right. I, I think it's worth pointing out that none of these things happen on their own. You know, there is no magic genie that makes art galleries open up with a show. It's a lot of work. It and is. people have devoted their lives and livelihood to making sure that there is a stage for art to be seen and shown. So that's my like pitch for being a responsible citizen. Hmm. I hope to think that I am upholding my part as well. By doing your radio show. Yeah. By doing Um, the radio show. Yeah. (laughs) And I should tell you like where the buttons are and how you can get them. Yes. I was. I I will mail them to people. That is three. And if somebody really wants some crazy thing like 250 buttons for a political rally, I can order them for them, but I haven't had anyone ask for that yet. You stop by Hemphill Fine Arts on K Street, Northwest Washington, D.C. You can pick up a button. You can ask for them if they're not readily available. Right now, the gallery is open by appointment only, so feel free to make an appointment to come pick up a button, and that gives you a chance to see something of interest we hope right and have that experience that we were just talking about so yeah absolutely well thank you for doing this and like i said i appreciate it and i have learned a lot about the artist citizen and what it takes to be one so i appreciate that thank you well i was glad to talk today and i appreciate your question to say thank you to Mary for taking the time to do the interview. If you want to learn more about Artist Citizen Exhibit, you can go to hemphillfinearts.com and 
over on Instagram at ArsCitizen. To hear past episodes of ArtboxDNV, head on over to ArtboxDNV.com and on Instagram at ArtboxDNV. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you.